Cheers. Cheers. Huh. LOL, my check. All right. Getting a decent buzz on. It's time to do Drunken Mustache Derby History, or whatever we're going to name this. Which is obviously an amateur and severely abridged, intoxicated, and only marginally accurate summation of any of the events that we attempt to discuss. I stand by nothing. <laughs> and if you find any of the mistakes that I made, please hit us up in the comments. Let me know. I'll make an addendum. All right. So today we're gonna we wanted to talk about a the uh, how the Roman ideas talk about like just some of the reasons, just some of them. We can't imagine all of them, but some of the reasons that the Roman Empire fell, and kind of the history of how that went down. And how it happened, and how long it took, because uh, it seems kind of relevant to some of the problems we face today. And we don't want to end up like Rome now, do we? So why not? Why not talk about how that place collapsed and why? So I don't know. I guess the place to start would be in the beginning. Uh, I mean, it's it's like 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 you said, right? Like when you were looking it up, you were like. So what I've seen just off of a Google search, right, the pages, typically what I what I see would be 27 B.C. to 476 A.D. is typically what I've been seeing on this okay. first page. So that means you looked up Roman Empire. I, I did look up Roman yeah. Empire. What would you like the to The first thing you asked was, you said, wow, like 400 years. When that was the, um, you can be, well, the, the, the I guess the first thing would just be the, that's that's correct. It's, but that's the phase after Julius Caesar, basically. So he started it, or uh, probably Augustus is probably where that date starts. Um, he started the empire phase, but then when they talk about like the Roman Republic and all the values that we're supposedly basing our society on, that guy represents the destruction, basically, of all that. But we're going back so, to the beginning. We have to talk about the Roman Republic, which is four hundred years again, basically, before that. And then before that, there's a Roman kingdom, briefly. And then they all, and so, talking about the decline of it and what made it go wrong is you kind of have to decide at what point do you think it went wrong because it's this constant selling out, if you will, this constant, uh, you know, adaptation. So, and then after that, what, 427, that's the sack, the big sack, I think, of Ptolemy's. Anyway, the, the, the uh, Gothic kings come down and sack Rome. And... At that point, Rome is no longer... But Rome was already itself. By now, it got so big that it was not just Rome. And, like, even though the name was the Romans, the actual city of Rome was losing all of its power, and it was this whole other thing, and then it became... And then that empire finally gets destroyed um, by so the Turks in the east in, like, 14... Uh, wait. Yeah, 1400 A.D.? Oh. Way after a thousand, fifteen hundred years. Well, a thousand years after the end of what you, of the empire of the right. empire that you just looked up. But it's before twenty seven BC. Yeah, it starts in like seven hundred fifty three. I think possibly you know there's different, but a good number. Seventeen seven fifty three BC. So seven hundred years. Before basically before the period you're talking about is the beginning Roughly. of like a culture. So, I mean, probably to understand them, you know, I want to, we'll go, like, like, kind of do some of the stories, like, the thing is, all we have, it's so ancient, is we have, like, Homer-like, like, like, the Iliad and the Odyssey, Homer-like folklore, that's probably loosely based in people that lived, <laughs> but then, but a bunch of it gets lost in the mythology that they used to teach the lessons to their kids they wanted to make them behave the way, hope as best they could, so... Like it starts with it starts with a legend of Romulus and Remus, and Romulus and Remus are these twin brothers, and they get cast out. Uh, one historian says that they get that like they're they're the illegitimate children of the local tribal chieftain or king, and so the mother to protect them so they don't get killed when he has new kids sends them off to be raised by some weird guy in the woods, and then the more official myth is that they're literally raised by a wolf, which is probably. 
Bullshit. I'm gonna say I don't. Bullshit. I, I, if it paid off ten to one, I might put a dollar on it. You a know? wolf. <laughs> a Roman wolf. This is a very special wolf. So. It's a fucking wolf. Yeah. So legend is he nurses these kids. They grow up. But here's where it gets kind of probably there's a little. I think people think that there's a little. I'm hearing issue. there's gonna be an architect here, uh, archetype hero out of this story. Oh yeah, there's a guy on a cross coming soon. I'm gonna tell you that. Um, that's 700 years yeah yeah I don't think we're gonna have time to so, get to uh, Michael Jordan at all so um, or John Brady John, John Brady yeah so so, so these brothers are casted out so to get they, raised by wolves and they a found wolf, a city a or wolves a wolf a, wolf. a she wolf yeah they're pretty specific about that okay so so they uh, they get they grow up and they they build a city which has always been an interesting turn of words to me because it's like, okay, like, like so me, this, I always picture me and you going out like, hey, you know what we should do, dude? Bro, let's start a town. And like, we just go out in the woods and we just start like, what, building shit? Like, you just make like, yeah, this is a courthouse. That sounds... Hey, that's the bakery. This story just sounds like Jungle Book. Sounds like Mowgli. I think Jungle Book is the only book that's older than the Bible. They just cast it. What are you trying it, to say? They cast it out Mowgli's brother, Abel. <laughs> Abel got fucked in this story again. Well, so they train, obviously, they hunt, they become ex- probably. No, I think they become like thieves, honestly. I think that they're like, they become these like pirate leaders. It sounds like they round up a bunch of. All of a sudden, they have these dudes with them. And supposedly, it's like all dudes, because later you're going to hear how there's a serious shortage of Tang, and it causes. It changes the history of the Roman world, because the Romans didn't know how, how they were going to get laid. But before that, he's got all these dudes running around. He's like Jesus and his thousand disciples. And they are raiding and pillaging around. And anyway, they have this city. So it sounds to me like a band of pirates. You got nothing but dudes. You have a little town, supposedly, that you built. So they've got a little pirate town. And it's called Rome. And it's named, you know, well, it's not called Rome yet. Whatever. They have, they're, they're, there's a point in the story where there's a couple versions of it. But basically... One of them is that Remus, his twin brother, the other pirate, Remus. says talks some shit about the way he's building the wall. And he's like, I could build a better wall than that or fucking whatever it is. And he jumps down in the ditch and they fight. And then Rome, Romulus bashes his head in and kills him. And then he's like, there can only be one. So I'm the leader. This motherfucking town is called Rome after me, not Reem, bitch. Sounds like... That's how the myth reads. Sounds like Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, it's it's funny you called that, yeah. So we got one brother now, and he's got a bunch of dudes. (laughs) I didn't kill my brother, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Senior one. With Jack Black. David Crosby's like, you have a red dot on your head. I didn't kill my (laughs) brother. The difference is, like, Romulus probably would have had, like, Remus's head on a stick and prayed it Jesus. Around. Yeah. This is the beginning. of These are hard people. That's what I mean. They're a band of pirates. They're, they're like, highwaymen. They're, like, a bunch of robbers. And he's just getting all these orphan, kicked-out fuck-ups from all the other tribes. Adolescents. And they're collecting them. Yeah, he's got this lost boys. And he murders his brother. And he starts a little town. He builds a fort. The entire city's just a giant fort. And he's, like, ready to go fuck with fucking people. He killed his brother who? Remus. Remus. Romulus and Remus. Okay. Is that right? Remus? Yeah. Pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, because it's not called Reem. It's called Rome. <laughs> Remy. So, Remy. Remy in French, which is the language that the Romans did speak. So, Romulus, uh, uh, he, he goes and he, the next thing they have is they need to get the women, right? So, they, they start absorbing tribes. And it's just important to understand that they're like a bunch of thugs. Let's start with that. The Rome is built by a bunch of fucking crazy thugs, some kind of weird societal outcast that didn't have a tribe, and they just start conquering tribes. Of all the different legends, it all seems to lead to that to me. But whatever. I'm drunk, that's what I say. See, I call them like I see them. But here's the next part. They need women, right? So they're like, well, let's go find some women. And Romans is like, I've got a better idea. Let's get our for buddy neighbors to bring their women to us. And so he has a feast. And he invites a tribe called the Sabines. I think they're north of them. And he brings them down. And he's like, hey, we fucking Wait, love the fucking is, Sabines. Huh? What is the nationality of Ramus and Remus? 
They're about to be Romans? I'm telling you, are they're they, a band of fucking pirates. In today's, so in, in today's map, are they Italian? Yes. Are they French? They're where Rome is. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, Italian. The, they're Italian peninsula. And they, yeah, and the, the tribes around them are generally going to be called later Italians that aren't the, for is example. Because it's. Have you ever heard of Etruscans? It shows up here and there. It's like the guy who says, "Beware of the Ides of March." Is supposedly an Etruscan seer in the Julius Caesar, Mark Anthony play. Sounds a, <coughs> sounds like a bunch of fucking bull. Uh, William Shakespeare Julius Caesar play. What? That sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me. All right. Well, there's a group Bumble, called the Etruscans. So there's like different ways because you got to remember in no, ancient, ancient history, tiny tribes. I get that. Tons of them. Because you put the French, you, you call them I was Italian. like, so these French guys? Yeah, no, no. They didn't really speak French. They spoke Latin. That was a joke. You yeah. got me. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Sorry. I'm having too much fun. No, the Romans spoke Latin. I mean, you're talking about 700 years prior to this empire that... It's amazing what you can convince people of if you talk fast enough, right? Like, Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? That's what this is going to be about. This is like about the rise and fall. It's like propaganda. Propaganda that built the Romans, the propaganda that destroyed them, and the propaganda about the Romans into our society, and the pro- whatever. I see that thread coming. I don't know where this is going to go. I know it's going to take fucking forever. I'm trying not I'm trying not to get too deep in it, because I, I can't go that deep. But I can tell you this. They, they, so they invite these chicks, these guys, and this whole tribe. They're like, yeah, come down and have this feast with us. Yeah. And supposedly, middle of the feast, they jump out, kill as many of the men they can, chase the rest off, steal the women, drag them off to Rome. Look, like I said, was a fucking pirate for Like, what about these guys? What about these guys doesn't sound like pirates? Yeah, Gibbs is offended. She's like, that's a horrible story. She's a female. Jesus Christ, get the fuck out So the Romans take these girls back. They knock them up. Like, they marry them. Whatever. And then, like, the next year, the Sabons go back home. They're like, motherfuckers. And they're practicing. They're making swords. And they're like, we're going to kill all these stupid Romans. We're going to burn out the fort. They go fight the Romans. And right before the fight, the women all run out. And they're all pregnant and shit. And they're like, hey, hey, this is about the movie. What are you going to do? It's too late now. You know? No, okay. That's, that's just one account. There's other, there's other versions of what they one say. One account. <laughs> but... The, the argument is that they're like, "Hey, you're, we've got our we've got our brothers and our fathers over here. We've got our husbands and our children over here. Like it's too late. Come on!" So they form this uh, dual government. They decide ultimately, like, "Well, what are we gonna do? Like, all right, well, why don't we become one tribe so we don't have to fight over these women, and we'll have a we'll pass the leadership between our tribes." And so there's always in the very beginning both the story of Romulus and Remus. The twins, and then there's this story of how supposedly they, they would have not only did they have two, uh, they would change who was in control of Rome, like who the, I believe the consul was, but then they also had a thing called a, a dictator, which was every time they were at war, they would give up all of their powers of the Senate and, and all of their powers to debate everything. They would pick a leader and they'd be like, You are like the president now, the ultra president, like the king. And you, we have to do everything you say. It lasts for whatever, six months or a year. And then I think year was most common, but uh, I think it, it, it varied depending on what the conflict was and how bad they thought it was going to be. But they did this like when Hannibal invaded. And they did this when they were um, at war with, fucking you name it. They had tons of dictators. It happened all the time. And they just very freely gave up because they knew that they were just going to argue and try and steal property from each other. So they were just freely handed over to a dictator for a set period of time. And then he would do whatever he wanted to beat this one enemy and then they would step down but even then you, that for early on especially they believed in having two dictators so the Rome throughout their history had this weird obsession with and it's probably their best attempt at a balance of power they're very obsessed compared to the rest of the ancient world with this concept of the balance of power and one of their ultimate solutions is wherever there's an ultimate leader they're always trying to find a way to turn it into some kind of dichotomy with two people involved somehow They've got their East Emperors and their West Emperors at the end, and it all starts in the beginning with the stories of Romulus and Remus and um, having the Sabines join the Romans and they become one tribe, and then you've got the interchanging leaders. And they and then that was supposedly that's where the big. Um, How long was Romulus' Ramus's reign or tenure, roughly? About 20 years, according to, you know, ancient. Greek historians and shit who claim to have seen Cyclopses with their own eyes, but about 20 years. So, and at the end, 
he has a mysterious death where either he's struck by a bolt of lightning and taken up to heaven and just disappears in a puff of mist, or he goes up on a hill with a bunch of his generals, and when they come down, they're like, that nigga fell off a cliff! <laughs> we don't know what happened! So I'll take route number two. Yeah, there's you're gonna find a lot of that in Roman history. Yeah, it's not, it's not a got struck by lightning. That's what to heaven. Okay. Yeah. Well, and that's part I of. I didn't it, kill my brother. Okay. <laughs> this is that propaganda thing that early Rome, especially, it's throughout the empire. But early Rome is really kind of a cult. They're really intensely rooted in some basic propaganda that we maybe don't appreciate fully. So were these generals time. on the other tribe, or were they Romus's tribe? I think by that point, Rome had had enough success that their Rome. identity was as a Roman pop, pop, populace. But they, yeah, it's probably intermediate. Well, and so then the next guy, I guess the next king would be Numa Populus. But this is where it really sounds like legend. Right. This guy who takes over according to the Roman because it's very very vague you're talking 600 BC it was on clay tablets they wrote this they were very they're right. poorly documented um, and the fashion of even writing things down was barely getting caught on people didn't even understand the idea that besides writing down I gave you this much money for that and I still owe you this they didn't really understand that god you know what 150 years from now, my grandkids are going to obsessively pour over these financial documents alone. Imagine what they do if we wrote about our daily lives and shit. Like, that was a new idea. So, just the idea that what you wrote down would last, people didn't generally understand that only a few people did. And so it's very rare when you get back that far, these histories become so vague or they're folklore because it doesn't... And anyway, I'm sorry. So you have this story of basically seven kings after Romulus and Remus. And... They all seem symbolic because they all sound very one-sided about, well, this guy earned out this part of the culture, and then this guy earned out this part of the culture, and then this guy was a dick, and then this guy fixed it by doing this. And it kind of sounds like something you would be doing to brainwash your political students from an early age. You know, very... But the next guy is Numa Populus. Numa Populius. Pompilius. Numa Pompilius. I can't even... I can't speak Roman. Oh, me either. (laughs) Numa, Numa Pompilius is a like suppose, he's kind of the father of the Roman religions per se. There's no references to is he like that other than the she wolf. Nothing's really religious about the Romulus and Remus story. It's very tribal folklore. When you get into Numa Pompilius, he creates the temple to Jupiter in the beginning, and the, he establishes what we're going to believe as a culture. And so, with when um, Romulus takes over power, is that when Rome? Rome starts building structures, little or like a, has like okay, we're gonna build this. Building. I think in the very beginning, what made Rome kind of unique was because obviously you hear Rome's not built in one day. But when did it, I guess, start? Would you say was it the, the that new bullet? They sort of make it sound like it was built in a year, the way that the old missing old things read. But they, I think that yeah, it. it I don't know, when they're talking. You're talking about the very first foundations of Rome. I think that what. What I see is that they built a city that was just a couple of young guys and a band of pirates, like a, a gang, built a fort that was primarily a fort and had minimal commerce. But they did a really good job at the defenses. And it just seemed... And so it was a, it was a better fort than the towns around it. It was advanced for that very, very, very early time period. Just walls around everything, you know, and it, and that's. Oh my God! Upstairs is doing sorry. Just, yeah. <laughs> dude up there's dragging bodies around. Oh. Okay. So, you said who's this, who's this new guy? The new. This new guy's Numa Pompilius, and he so he establishes like all these religious beliefs. He creates the Vestal Virgins, um, and he just kind of and then. He establishes that part of their culture. Then there you have Tullius Hostilius, who comes in. Hostilius, his name seems kind of obvious. He's like comes in, just starts trying to attack everybody, you know. And well, and then and then after that, the next guy comes along, and so with all with all what ends up happens, they then create a senate, and they take a senate away. I don't want to get too bogged down on all of them, but they they just. They're sort of like a story of how Rome built its political system step by step, you know, 
First lesson is Romulus and Remus. We are tough. We are fucking savage. We are vicious. We do whatever the fuck it takes to win. We, we, oh, there's more stories to that too. They, they, they have intense, they, they, with all these guys, by the end of the story, the kings establish the religion and then they establish the government and then they, they abuse their power and then they create a more advanced senatorial presence and evolve their civilization and another guy and basically it's all to teach you the lesson that by the end of it what you end up with after these, these six kings okay is that you've got these established religions now trying to control the people on a basic level which were useful for a while and then you have abusive power and a revolt and this revolt is under a guy named Brutus and he establishes the beginning of the Republic, basically. They create this whole idea of a consulship now. It's not going to be a king. It's not going to be a ruler. Where the, the Senate has real power. The Senate doesn't just represent the rich people as a function to the king. The Senate is now, like, chooses the king and replaces the king. And, you know, things like that. That, of course, will slowly devolve over hundreds of years as people want to gain power. They're going to take away those rights to protect themselves because they want to bet on the guy that's going to supposedly help their own interests better, like what we're seeing today. And in the end of it, the Senate has no power at all, especially once Rome becomes so big that Rome itself doesn't mean shit. Like, the Senate starts pretending they have a voice and they have these meetings and nobody gives a fuck because, oh, you're the, the king of the fucking capital of the empire 300 fucking years ago. We're over in Turkey getting rich. I don't know what you motherfuckers are even talking about right now. By the way, there's some Huns on the way. Have fun. We're going to take the troops for our little civil war. You know, it just goes on and on and on forever. But, so, anyway, there you go. At the end of all that, you have the Roman Empire. And they're, they're established now as, on these stories, these seven kings, they establish these basic values like when the, I guess when the Romans, uh, are fighting the Sabines, there's this point where they're going into a, they're, they're, they sneak into a fort and the way they sneak into the fort is they hire, they get a girl, a sellout girl who comes out and says, hey, if you pay me enough, I'll uh, let you in in the middle of the night. You can kill everybody, kind of thing. So the Romans like pay her too much and they bury her in treasure and she dies. You know, there was this, this thing about, um, or fuck. But anyway, that that basically that their loyalty, their stories, everything was based on your loyalty to the state and your connection to the land. And uh, wait, she died how? She got buried in gold, like in the front gates. Like they just was like they started handing her shit, and they just kept handing her. And she was like, ah, oh, and they like pushed her, and they fucking started throwing shit at her, and they fucking buried her. I mean, because they're just handing the girl shit, she's not gonna die. So I'm pretty sure somebody like hit her or tripped her at some point. <laughs> But yeah, they, according to legend, they just, they, every guy as they walk in. So when they're walking into the city, as each guy passes, like, all right, so everybody, you all give her the piece of gold you owe or, you know, whatever. And they got the biggest, ugliest pieces they could. And, they, and then every soldier as the, of the 10,000 guys that slowly snaked into this fort, supposedly just buried her in a corner until she suffocated of, of all these treasures. And then they sacked the fort. And I mean, this sounds like the Trojan horse. Yeah, kind of, you know, but I mean, it, kind of legendary, probably. But that's just it, though. It's about this, 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 this message that was taught to all every kid. You know, it was about sell out your country, even if she was an enemy. Sell out your country, and this is the kind of shit that happened to you. That you are, you are Roman, like, and that means something. You are a Roman citizen. You have votes and all this stuff. And then it became a subjugation system. All the people they conquered, for the most part. At least for a very long time each, they gradually let them in. But you were like a slave, and then you were maybe a freeman, but a freeman and a citizen were two different things. And a citizen, it was like a Ponzi scheme. If you were in in the beginning, if your family was there for the first revolutions with Remus, and you had hereditary citizen title, you had a lot of special privileges. And you, you know, the Roman citizens don't actually fight in the wars for most of the history of the empire. The people who are literally citizens never touch a sword for as much as they can help it, unless they're trying to become politicians and they're, you know, generals and stuff. But the soldiers, those are all slaves and freemen and, you know, desperate people trying to, you know, the citizens are kind of spoiled rotten by that.
point. It's in the maybe the first couple hundred years, you know, it's a thing, but they just at all the times that they could have stepped up, <laughs> they never did. Mm-hmm. Never. Unless it was to secure shit for themselves. Right. So after So Brutus. <clears throat> right? So who who did that rain then? That last rain was the famous bad rain at the end that did in the... So the, the important thing to remember is that it starts with kings and then the Romans build their whole government on an anti-king system. The first crime they create is you will get killed. If someone can prove that you're trying to become king, execution. So if that... And that was a, the foundation principle. Number one, principle number one of Roman culture. No kings. We are above kings. Kings are for savages. Uh, you know, that was their attitude. It was it was the most important thing in their beliefs originally. And that, of course, again, erodes away. That king, I'm sorry, that inspired that was Tarquinius. Uh, I'm afraid to pronounce this. Superbus. Oh, superb, superbus. Tarquinius superbus. Jesus. You only hear him because he's always called Tarquin. So I don't know. His real, it's Tarquin the fucking arrogant. Tarquin the asshole. He's just this, he just abuses power. He breaks up the Senate. He destroys all, you know, he makes himself ultra king, calls himself a god, and they fucking start a revolt. The Brutus goes to the old senators and basically gets the richest people in Rome to fund little armies to go against this king. And they supposedly exile him. Sounds like a, that sounds insane. If you catch a king, you gotta kill him. I think that's the rule. A king who's walking around in the woods is just going to become king again. Like, eventually the politics are going to be right in a couple of years. The bank's going to be mad at the other people. And they're going to endorse the king. And all of a sudden he's on again. But anyway, whatever. Rome becomes a republic. So, this part goes on like, you have to understand the other thing that makes them stand out. They start to absorb things. They invade. So this is Brutus? Well, I'm not going to go into every single... All these, that's going to take hundreds, like dozens of episodes if we start talking about every uh, consul and every emperor and every, you know. Um, So I want to speed up now. That part was important. We're going to speed up. But first we're going to sidetrack too, though. So we're going to speed up. We're going to talk about how Rome expands and kind of takes over Italy over the course of the next few hundred years. A couple hundred, really. Um, And not in too much detail, but just that they had serious cultural advantages with the way they were built was the right recipe for the time which was that they were they go on basically to annex they they first they get um the sabines as part of their empire and then they get um the uh etruscans etruria which is a part of Italy on the west coast, kind of in the middle. So on the shin bone of the boot, I think, basically. Um, Rome is kind of down more like right right in the middle. Uh, but up up, up and to the left, they, uh, they absorb. <laughs> and it, it, the, uh, those guys, are, those guys were, were, were pretty powerful. And that becomes the beginning of the end for them. That was probably the last. They also, they absorb, they absorb a couple tribes. Um, whatever. I'm going to, when they get, to the part where they they do it through a couple things they were obsessed they were very obsessed with military matters and they were modeled after they were obsessed with the spartans specifically and they were modeled after the hoplite system and that's their own regiments were a different version but a little bit updated um off of the the famous spartan uh they were called legions then phalanxes would be the greek word and it was the hoplites they had the round spirit shields and they did the tortoise formation and stuff well the romans go and they get the square shields and they're really stressed and set on deflecting archery and whatnot but they also though something a lot of people might not know understand about sparta is that sparta was like definitely a cult so the spartans where we at time period spartans are before the romans because they're kind of legends to the romans no but far as like you said you're not going to go through every emperor so like how far where, where are we at we're, in history i guess we're pro- we're around we're around uh 400 bc fourth 400 and 300 bc it's like all the fourth century bc in that okay. area the romans are getting their established and they're starting to absorb all the other tribes in Italy and become this terrestrial power that is 
at least big enough that Greece has to say hi to him in the hallways. Greece is the, the big rules, you know. Before they're just they're just meaningless nets. But now they're starting to get things done. And they're savage. The Greeks totally on a general scale do not look up to the Romans. They don't the Greeks are just like, oh, he's here again. You know, the Greeks are these weird nudist philosophers obsessed with books. There's multiple from different cultures talking about there's where there's one guy that says famously like, why would we want to burn down he, they were sacking Greece. They were destroying Greece. It was a Roman province. This is years later. But but this barbarian even was smart to go, you know what, though? Uh, take everything you want. Don't fuck with their books. And people are like, why can't we touch their books? He's like, because if you destroy the Greeks' books, they're not going to be able to fucking sit around and be stupid Greeks, and they'll fucking pick up swords again, and they'll come kill us all. Leave them their fucking books, and they'll fucking just, they'll, they'll just sit around naked and read the book. And they were kind of right. I don't know. But that was a real thing. That's a real conversation that happened. Uh, it's paraphrased, but that, that was... Paraphrasing. No, yeah. but it was. The barbarian was like, don't burn the books because the books is what keeps them Greek. And if we... What keeps them modern Greek. And if we make them sat old school Greek again, we, we're all dead. Which was like, he's like, leave them, leave them their fucking stupid thing to sit around and do. And then they won't come, you know, kill us. So the Romans were kind of... And that's... That's, so that's a later Greek thing. In the earlier Greek era, the Spartans, back to that, the, which is, you know, movie 300, those those guys in that battle, there were a couple things at play. One, yeah, their tactics were good and their, their training was good. But what you have to understand is that entire society was started by this, prob they say legendary, but he's probably based on a guy named Lacedonis. This Greek dude, Lacedonis, is a fucking, like, David Koresh, Bruce Lee hybrid of Greek times, okay? He's like, gets together some people, is like, come on, we're starting a fucking town. We're starting our own place. He's like, what's gonna happen there? We're gonna practice killing every day. And then just like, any, any, and people would, you know, whatever, he got his people. <coughs> However that happened, who knows? But he has this town. Of course, the history claims he's born by Zeus and all this, but somebody, look, if it wasn't Lacedonia, some guy, in Spartan history, clearly was a David Koresh-ass crazy dude, and he was good at it. And he created this really dedicated group of beliefs. You wake up at this time, you go to bed at this time, you know, you, you wake up, you do seven cock push-ups, and then you go out and you bash your head into a tree, and, then, and there's so many stories about weird Spartan extremism and all kinds of things about, about well, okay, the, the, the women, when they got married, the first ritual, the maiden, on the wedding night, they cut her hair to look like a young military recruit. So this fucking soldier, because he wasn't allowed to get married until he was like 30, I think. You were dedicated. When you were born, if you were Spartan, which was a Spartan citizen, which meant not everybody, but the guys who were in, their core real officers, you, you were given to the state, basically, and trained for nothing killing. Morning and day and night, you ate meat, you fucked meat, and you fucking, you know, you, you trained, you worked out, and you never even were allowed went around women, booze, anything. You were not allowed distractions. So what do you think happens? We've got a bunch of dudes running around. You know what happens on football teams? Like all the dudes start fucking. So Sparta had these famous things about the guys would come back desensitized after you can't do it until you're 30. You had no other job you weren't allowed to. It was just shameful to not be take, fulfill your destiny. And you would go back to get married and then have to shave your wife to look like a young boy who just joined the army so that you could figure out how to get into it. And that's, you know, whatever. People claim this. It's really written down, okay, from the ancient days. Uh, there's stories of all kinds of stories. The, the tests of manhood where, let's just say, a, guy, a bunch of guys stood in a line and knocked a tree down. All right, let's leave it at that. that I'm not going to go into more detail. But a bunch of men in a row, and when you knock the tree over, you're done, and you win, and you're a real man. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a bit extreme, but that's part of the legend, okay? Now, well, this is all ties, this, though, to the, the, the idea is no, that they're extremely... Stop. What? This isn't a fucking PG podcast. What the fuck is that? <laughs> they fuck the tree down, man. They fuck a tree. They fuck a tree down in a row of like eight guys. You put one guy, you put your shoulders down, you grab a tree, and you got a dude behind you fucking you. You got a dude behind you fucking you. And you got a dude behind him fucking him. And, and, they're, they, and they knock the, they're running a train until they knock a tree out of the root system out of the ground. Because they're Spartans. 
Jesus. That's what I'm saying. They're really fucking dangerous, crazy guys, and that's how that's part of how like those fucking twelve guys in that pass held off that army for a fucking week until they all got killed anyway. But they did fucking put up a big famous defense, you know, that went on to inspire to, de- to this day, people are obsessed with Thermopylae. And, you know, there's been, in the Roman history, you'll kind of like a couple battles where the Romans go to the exact spot where Thermopylae happened, and, and they're like, yeah, and they actually all lost. But Only they it lost. turns out that you can totally go around that spot. It was just that Xerxes was such a bad fucking commander. He was just so convinced, like, well, it's fucking, fucking 300 gay guys over there. We can kill that. And just, just wave after wave, he refused to even try. He was wanted to come through the front door. He didn't care. And so the Spartans were, you know, able to get a huge battle, a death count, while everybody walks down the hallway towards these super veteran, obsessed, like, guys who fuck a tree down, okay? And they do that till they're 30, and then they have to shave their wife's heads so that they can rape them in a tent that night, and they have kids. And the only reason they're allowed to do that is because they need more soldiers in the next generation. The point is, these are extremist weirdos, and they're... There's all kinds of rules in their society about they don't they don't give a fuck about reading, writing, arithmetic. They're the opposite in every way of like say the Athenians, who are the idea, I believe, the embodiment in our modern when we look back of all things Greek, looking to the future of that era, the golden age, where the philosophy and the intel you know all the intelligent scientific shit, um, they they embody most of, more of that more than anybody, I, I think, you know, historically. Well, Sparta, for that short period of time, that worked. They could kick anybody's ass. Everybody's afraid of Spartans. That, though, goes on, to, of course, that's doomed to fail in the long run, you know, because I just said it, right? No science, no religion, no teaching, no no writing, no... So what you're obviously going to fall behind very quickly, technologically. You're dooming yourself. Athens, on the other hand, while for a while... Athens got pushed around by Sparta in every way. Athens was able to go on and to expand and get into trade. But of course, that also made them soft. And that's what brought their collapse later. Supposedly soft, meaning that you can't trust merchants like you can trust farmers because a merchant can fucking pack his shit usually and he can move to France. A farmer's stuck in Italy. And that's a really important definition and difference there with why the Romans were different the people around them at the early time in the first millennium BC from a thousand BC to zero you're, the ancient world in that time you remember the boats they don't even really sail yet they're mostly roared, roared around it's the it's the triremes the big boats right Man. they're slow um, only a few people can use them so trade is limited everything's but the people who could do it you make all this money, and, and, and that makes your people, in some ways, politically less loyal to the king than a man who's defending a farm that he can't pack up and move. And I think that was kind of... It just makes... And it makes you... Well, you're traveling around sailors, generally. the average When you picture an average sailor in your head, and even now, and you picture an average soldier... When I say the word soldier... What size biceps do you see? When I say the word sailor, what size biceps do you see? Now, sure, there's some really big guys in the Navy that crack rivets and work on engines and whatever, but your general, it's just not a very, it's not the same. And farmers are stronger. So what you end up with is these other countries that were very developed economically and trading-wise, yeah, they all had, um, they, they, they couldn't hold up against the Roman battle f- army in the battlefield. The Romans were more like the Spartans, but they were, of course, less extreme than the Spartans. They didn't borderline outlaw science, which is what did the Spartans in. So they would eventually be absorbed into the greater Greeks and the legend of how good they were at fighting. That's all probably real. They were really tough. Their entire civilization was based on making a man tough, but they completely neglected everything else. The Romans were, a, they idolized that, but they just naturally did it a little different. They had at least a basic system. So their system was still very stiff. They didn't believe in trade. In Rome, they kind of spit on everything but a farmer. If you were a trader, like a, 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 a merchant or a banker, there was you were barely given any more respect than a street musician. Only people who owned land and produced crops from that land or something like that uh, were had respect. People who owned businesses and leased to other people, not as good as farmers. And it was it was built into their culture and brainwashed into them because they believed, and in a weird, they were right at first. 
in the beginning, even though the rest of the world had progressed because they got into other things and started shipping, what it also did was it softened their empires. It made them liable to not be able to produce their own food. If something went wrong with their trade, they would starve. Uh, all their people are practicing sailing boats and counting money instead of pulling plows and working out. And the Romans were able to kick the shit out of them in a face-to-face -face basis. And Roman people were loyal and um, to that cause. And so that's a huge thing that was present in the beginning when they're kicking everybody's ass on the land. And that's part of why then their tactics evolved. And, but they weren't so close-minded as the Spartans that they still developed new technologies. Um, and that is all the stuff they are about to trade and lose when they expand into the full burgeoning Roman Empire when they when Scipio conquers Africa when uh, well at the end of it you have Julius Caesar taking a crown creating a crown and making a country that spent 500 years being dedicated to not having a king and to running themselves um, perhaps maybe we didn't go in enough to how that worked but the Senate and everything gets traded away out of uh, fear of a new invader drummed up with propaganda. So, <clears throat> when they're idolizing Sparta's, that's, that's years and years of going. So when Julius Caesar hits, when did, what years... Does he, is he like, he's a, is he the star of the empire or is he just like the most famous? He's he the, it, the George Washington. You like, almost want to say that Julius Caesar is the end of the Republic and his adopted son, Caesar uh, Augustus, goes on to start the actual empire. Caesar is though basically emperor briefly, but... But there had to have been a reason why this... The Republic failed for our king to arise. Exactly. The If their fighting is so hard, something must have happened. The bickering got so bad between each other. That you needed someone to dictate them to be like, hey, this is what we're doing. You need, I mean, a, you need a final say, a guy that's making a final say. You could say that it was needed. You could say that if that didn't happen, yeah, that maybe they don't accomplished because the the empire after julius caesar the empire still has growing to do it's not at its peak yet necessarily it has enough intact of its original structure but once once it decays to the point that i mean and then what happens is basically it changes after a while the armies the empire gets so big that the armies become so prevalent. There's so many armies running around that the armies start figuring out that they can just keep taking it over. And so after a while, the Senate's not even choosing the emperor. The people aren't choosing the emperor. The armies are choosing the emperor, you know. So, so in the end, much, the fighting he goes He pretty much in. won the, the army, and then the army pretty much stormed. Yeah, yeah. In a sense, like... He, Julius Caesar won the, the most important aspect of an economy or government is military because it protects you. You have weapons. You have, you have men that could actually fight. So he pretty much won their respect. Yeah, there's and, some big things. I mean, I, I, I guess I want to get to Julius Caesar pretty fast because that really sets up. There's two huge phases. And we want to hit at least those two big 400-year chunks on a rough level of what they kind of are. So in this early 400 years, it's a Senate. The Senate is land-controlled. Can I see the pen paper real quick? Yeah. The, the, the Senate is, is your true aristocracy, and it's not nearly as democratic as led to you know, believe. They're usually... They're really just the representatives of all the, the richest people in the empire. And then you have the equestrians, which like which is the people who were supposed to be rich enough to own a horse. And if you had a horse, then you could serve in the cavalry. Everything was based on the military. Everything was modeled, modeled after the Spartan system. It was own land and be a soldier, you know? And that was 
their social strata basically there. If you were rich enough to have a horse, then you could do these things, but you couldn't quite be a senator, but you could hold these other offices. You could be in charge of the palace guard, or you could be in charge of, uh, you know, various other positions. Later in the empire, as they, people saw benefit politically to further a cause, um, they figured out that they needed to get new senators and they wanted to get some equestrian guys. So they made it so you could be an equestrian senator later. But in the beginning, you know, it was only these senators, which was a measure of you had to be very rich, very rich, you know, serious landowners, plantation owners. You know, and that was who was eligible. And that goes on for, and they're basically making decisions and running the empire. And then when a new invader would come, they would declare a dictator like Flavian or somebody, and then these dictators would run the empire for a year, two years, and they would alternate. You had things where sometimes horrible arrangements. There's one fun story where they had two dictators. They do that a lot, but the one time these two dictators weren't getting along at all, and so they decided, since the two dictators argued every day, they gave one control every day and the other one controlled the next day. The worst system anybody ever thought of in the history of the world. And so the one guy set up the army and got him into a good position. And then the next day, the, the fucking Napoleon dude came out and was like, fucking charge, bitches, and ruined everything. And the empire almost collapsed. It came like really close. Uh, that might even be the Hannibal and the Elephants thing, I think. But the, that's, um, they have, they expand to the point. So in this first, first early phase that was about those kings, that's kind of how they take over most of the boot, Italy. Now we get into the, now that they get rid of the kings, they establish a senate who has the power and the belief to declare a dictator whenever anybody invades them or when they really need something. And it works well enough that Italy then suddenly conquers basically the entire coastline of the entire Mediterranean. Almost the whole thing. Right. They have North Africa. They have eastern, uh, eastern, southeastern Spain. They have southern France, locked the fuck down. They've taken all of Greece, and that's the era, more or less, that Julius Caesar walks onto the stage. And at this point, we've gotten to the point though in those late campaigning years. Once we had guys like Scipio who took over Africa, very popular. The empire just noticed it was getting shit done when it had a dictator. So they kept, hey, keep going. Nah, you got another year. It got to the point that we almost, they almost didn't have years without dictators. And now these dictators are up, but now we've got different dictators claiming, you know, and then that's Caesar comes in, which also, of course, involves something called the first triumvirate, which is the first, well, one of the first major conspiracy theories that was totally legitimately a fucking thing. It was, yeah, a bunch of rich guys got together in a room, made a secret plan and pact so that they could be richer than the other rich guys, and they pulled it out, they executed, they fucking succeeded, they took over the empire, destroyed the, or took over the republic, killed the republic, founded an empire, you know, whatever, better or worse, it happened. So they took over the Mediterranean, and then they just controlled the merchants and trade. And then that's the beginning of the door of, remember that thing in the beginning, they're not... They're farmer-based, right. but the corruption starts with lending. And they kind of be hypocrites. They're letting, yeah, and they're letting, they're, so they're different, different solutions. They're letting other guys run their trade too much. They're getting barbarian future enemies of themselves advanced because they aren't investing as a government. But then something happens. That, that Mediterranean trade, the other thing, well, once they start taking over a bunch of the Mediterranean, the big guys who are in charge of all that, have you ever heard of the Phoenicians? I've Being heard the, of them. The, the seafaring... The Phoenicians are kind of looked at by, I think, most people as the first major seafaring civilization. The Phoenicians, we don't know a lot about them. We know a lot about them. I'm sorry, we don't know everything. It's even debatable. We don't know for sure if the Carthaginians really are just like the Phoenicians or if that's more complicated than that. But basically, they're the Phoenicians. And, and the they? Phoenicians go back basically in everybody else's record. The Phoenicians are always there. It's like, oh, we were walking with Gilgamesh and we were trying to fucking find the capital of Babylon and oh yeah, the Phoenician dude showed up on the shore and he's like, hey, you want to buy some apples? And we're like, oh, fuck off, Phoenician. Point is, the Phoenicians have been around for fucking forever. I, I, they're as old as damn near all the cultures. They're they're one of the really really old ones. But they're strange that 
also it has to do with the fact that I, for some reason maybe their writing system was more advanced than we realized we have to remember in this part this next part well just briefly Rome gets really mad and eventually they win and so for all we know the Phoenicians had a, had a, had a, had, a, had a fucking space shuttle and the Romans just destroyed that bitch like I don't know but we don't know a lot about Phoenicia and it's probably because the Romans got their hands on Carthage after a hundred year long war I think 150 a fucking retarded long war where they went into Three pel- uh, three wars over, basically with Carthage, which ended up being the famous Hannibal and the elephants. Now Carthage is in North Africa, Libya area, which big seafaring thing, and they got into fights with the Romans. And the Romans, that's where they learned the navy, and that's where they ended up really in the end of this. In the beginning, they're trying to fight the Carthaginians on the sea which are the Phoenicians. And the Romans are terrible fucking sailors, even on average scale. Everybody on Earth sails better than the fucking Romans. If you know how to sail anything, you're better than the Romans in the beginning. But the Romans are just like, they're like a cult. They're obsessed. They're like, oh, we're fucking Roman. We'll fucking get these guys. And they'd send out a bunch of guys on a boat. Let's go. And they'd all sink and drown. And the next guys on the beach like, fuck. All right. You guys have to do better. Go! I mean, they would, you know. That's not, that's not the truth. But they, that's how hard dedicated they are, you know. They're crazy. And so they go out to the sea and they get, like, all their ships sunk. It's like 200 fucking ships. Sink, 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 sink. Everybody died. And they're like, fuck! And then now the Carthaginians control, like, Sicily. They, they So the, the, this northern African big empire, it goes Egypt, right? Quarter, the third of the way across. And then you got this huge thing called Carthage. They're about to run the whole world. They've already controlled the trade. They're kind of the richest empire. Uh, well, in a way, the, but anyway, they, what ends up happening is the, the Romans come back and they finally, they build a new Navy and they're like, all right, well, we're not very good sailors, but what if we could just get close enough to them and we could put a ladder on a boat and we could just march an army onto their boat. So the Romans invented the Marine Corps because they didn't know how to sail and it worked and they fucking raped and pillaged the part, fuck out of the Parthaginian Navy and destroyed them. Just by like, they're just like, well, fuck that. We'll just, just get close. We'll put soldiers on it. They'll just store everything. That was, that was a new idea. <laughs> Back then. Nobody had done that yet. You just sat, you shot arrows and threw rocks at people. The Romans were just like, what if we put a fucking bridge from one boat to the next and we just run over there and stab them in the face? You're crazy. Pirate, pirate mentality. Crazy enough to work. Pirate mentality. Right. <laughs> pirate mentality. So in the end, they, then they win this big naval campaign. And then it's like, fuck yeah, fuck you guys. I think that's like the second Peloponnesian War. And then you go into, the, I think, the third, and we're like, Hannibal, huh? God, I'm drunk now, but I might have, I think I got those numbers right. But yeah, yeah, Hannibal and the Thousand Elephants, you've heard reference to that at all? This is this moment where supposedly, and not everybody agrees on this, some people think there's more legend than whatever, but supposedly this motherfucker Hannibal, who's just a general, but he's like the, one of the best generals who ever lived. People, uh, people study his tactics to this day. The guys who invaded Iraq, to, like fucking studied Hannibal's every move they can, you know. That's what he does to Rome. He almost conquers Rome. He never, he couldn't pull it off. But he ends up marching around. He basically marches a bunch of, he grants a huge army. And part of it is a big core of elephants. And I don't think it was a thousand, but fuck, who knows. But he has these trained war elephants, which is an elephant with a little house on its back. And then people in the fucking house with arched bows and arrows. And a guy on the front hitting him with a stick, making him run. And they would just unleash the elephants that they'd have at the beginning, the elephants were in the front, and they'd just turn them loose. And the elephants would get near you, you'd fucking hit them with arrows, they'd get pissed as fuck, and they just go, they fucking just, can you imagine that? He's holding the spear, I'd be like, hold the line! When an elephant is running at you? That's fucking crazy, dude. So whatever, they say that happened. But they take these elephants, and the thing about Hannibal is he marches to Italy from Africa. Think about that for a second. Which way? Good question. Not the way you would think. He goes the crazy ultra barbarian way, and he goes through the wild, wild world back then, where there was just like crazy Gauls and Irish people and shit. But he takes it uh, to the west. He goes through Gibraltar, Rock of Gibraltar in Spain. Jeez. So he goes out to Morocco, gets some kind of naval crossing, and pops across that little channel, marches his elephants all the way through southern France. I'm sorry, I'm doing it backwards. I'm doing my map. So your map will go like this. He marches across eastern Africa, down to Morocco, up into Spain, across there, across southern France, to the Alps, crosses the Alps with elephants in the wintertime. <laughs> and then he invades fucking Italy. 
with this or with Armin, and he crushes everybody. And then finally, there's this guy named Flavius that uh, fights him off, which is the Roman Senate goes, "Hey, we need a dictator." So they bring the guy Flavius in. He's the guy who he's like Sam Houston in the Alamo. He's he's just always like, "No, no, no, not today, not today. Wait, they're taking our shit. I know. I know. Wait, 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 wait." Nah, not today. And he just marches around and he almost swarms the line. He always backs off. No, no, no. And he just knows that eventually Hannibal's troops are going to run away slowly and you starve. Know, steal or... shit, fuck whores, or starve. Yeah, and uh, and then the only thing is that every now and then the Senate gets mad. And they're like, Where is God he? damn it, you're fired, Flavius. And they brought up the other guy. And then the other guy would be like, Charge! And then they fucking then go, Flavius, Flavius, we've got 12 troops left. Will you help us? And then he had to fix shit with even less guys, and even less guys, and even less guys, because they kept fucking kicking him out. But he wins in the end. Yeah, Hannibal's defeated. Hannibal lives. But um, he does pin down the Roman Empire for like a couple of years by himself. In, he's in Italy for like a couple of years, just walking around, stealing shit. And the Romans, they, they can't, he can't quite, he never commits to sacking Rome. Some say he would have been able to pull it off. But... Uh, he, they can't drive him out either. He's just there doing anything he wants with like some quarter of a million man sized crazy army or some shit. But in the end, they defeat him. When they defeat him, um, they defeat him there. He goes back to Africa and then they bring in, that's where, now that's, this is one of the real serious fathers of the future of the consulship, which is the dictator becomes a consul which the consul originally was important, but it's, the consul goes back to this. It's a title. It represents those first couple guys back in Romulus and Remus. Like, oh, the consul, like the, us and the savings. I'm consul, you're a consul. I'm consul, you're a consul. So they create dictators that are called consuls now that don't really have time limits posted the same way as the other guys did. Well, they, don't, they have time limits, but they're not connected to like a specific war. They're just the boss. Well, that, that that starts to get foggy in the time of this guy Scipio, for example. And they, they get after Hannibal goes back to Africa, they get this badass Scipio, who goes down Scipio Africanus, and he conquers North Africa basically and beats the shit out of Hannibal on his own land, tactically more or less. Um, and uh, that's when the Carthaginian Empire is no more. I guess that's probably a good start point to stop, and then because that kind of sets us up within a, not too long now, a young, outdated noble from a bygone era with no political clout and no connections, who grew up in the slums of fucking Rome and learned how to talk and slang and hang out with common soldier types, will emerge and say the right things to win over the entire empire and become the red-hot new John Gotti political commodity. And backed by his two secret connections, Crassus, the Ebenezer Scrooge, or the Mr. Burns. The Crassus of Clay? The, the, the Crassus, not Cassius. The, what is that Sandlot reference? Describing Babe Ruth. Oh, the... Colossus of Cloud? Yeah, the Colossus of Cloud. No, Crassus, the Mr. Burns of Rome of this time. Yes. And Pompey, the hailed conquering hero general who can't quite play politics. They're going to unite and they're going to start manipulating politics. And the spoken, the orator, the gifted guy who knows how to speak street slang with the soldiers is getting, going to oust both his partners, take over the Roman Empire, and kind of run amok, create a war, fight a war, kill millions and millions of people who were sort of just standing there, minding their own business and harvesting their fucking apples. And then he's going to get stabbed 27 times and say, et tu brute and die. Can't wait to hear about who this guy is. <laughs> well, that will uh, probably conclude this first part of this Roman history lesson. Uh, we, we don't know how many of history discussion. History discussion. I stand by nothing. So uh, next episode, we'll co we will uh, continue 
continue the story of of Rome and Rome's this collapse. Collapse and this mystery man. This mystery man. <laughs> awesome. We'll see William you guys. Shakespeare. William Shaft. William Shatner. His answer. <laughs>